Hey guys, I'm stoked to be here this week. Um, we're going to be looking through the book of Colossians, if you haven't picked that up this week. Um, and so we're going to be doing that each morning. Um, and so I don't know if you know what page it is, but in your booklets, there'll be um, a page where you can write notes. That'd be a really good thing to do. Because um, as we look through Colossians, we're going to see a lot of really big things. And, and big is going to be the same. Because what we're going to be doing as we dig into Colossians won't actually seem like that big of a deal. We'll be reading a book. I'll be speaking a lot. You guys will be listening a lot. That's what we're going to be doing. But if you can listen up, I hate wearing thongs. I'm going to get rid of these. If you can listen up, you're going to hear some really big things. And we really, we really need to hear big things. Because life doesn't often seem very big. Oftentimes, life can seem really boring. You go to school five days a week, you get to school in the morning, you do the same thing every day, you get home from school, you might do some homework if you're really passionate about that. Most of you just play Fortnite or just go on Facebook, and you do that every single day. And guys, you have another three and a half years of doing that for, for the year nine kids, the, the rest of you have longer. And then once you finish that, once you finish your school, um, you got your holidays, Holidays come around, we're here now, which is great, doing our holiday thing. But holidays come and they go so quick. And then you back at it again. You're back doing the same old thing again and again and again. And I hate to break to you, but even once you finish school, you'll go to work or uni or do something like that, and you're going to do the same thing, except with less holidays. Except if you go to uni, you get heaps of holidays then. But as soon as you finish it, you got work, and then you got less holidays. And you're doing the same thing over and over and again. Life can seem pretty boring. It doesn't seem like a, a pretty thing to look forward to. And I, I want to say the Christian life can look the same as well. Lots of you guys here are Christians and have been Christians for a long time, and you end up doing the same thing over and again. You, you read the Bible every morning, or, or you know you should read the Bible every morning. You come to church on Sundays, you go to youth on Fridays. And if you're a committed Christian, you're going to be doing that for the next 70 years of your life. So you've got to ask the question, is that all there is to life? And that was the same question that the Colossians were asking. They'd just recently become Christians. Um, They just heard the gospel and received it, but, but nothing dramatic had changed for them. They just kept doing the same thing. And life for them started to seem boring. It started to seem flat. And so Paul wrote this letter that we're going to be looking at to lift their sights, to help them see what they're in touch with, what they're a part of. And so this week, as we dig into Colossians, I want to be doing that with you too. I want to be lifting your eyes to see what you're a part of. And if you're a Christian, it's what you're a part of. Paul wants you to see what you're in touch with. If you're not a Christian here, and I know there's heaps of you here, This is a week for you to see what you could be part of. A week to consider whether you want to be part of this Christian thing. I'm going to pray for tonight, for this morning. um, And I'm also going to pray for the whole week. So why why don't you bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Lord, we thank you for the letter of Colossians. Lord, we thank you that we get a chance to dig into it. Lord, I pray that you'd be changing us by it, that you'd be working in us to see what we're in touch with, what we're a part of, that you'd be changing us through your word. Amen. Okay, so the first thing Paul wants us to see 
is that if you're a Christian, you're in touch with a worldwide movement. In the intro on this letter in verse 1 and 2, you get, you get insight into this. Have a, have a look down there with me. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. So this letter was written by Paul, you see that in verse 1, and it was written to the Colossians, those in Colossae, and you see that in verse 2. And so when Paul wrote this letter, he was a long way away from the Colossians. I've got a map for you to to give you an idea of, of what it looked like. So Paul was writing from a place called Rome, and Rome's all the way up top left, and he was writing to a people over, over here in Colossae. That's the big distance. And, and because it's so far apart, Paul never actually met the Colossians, never actually seen them. The Colossians, um, they'd heard the gospel from a dude who'd come from Ephesus. His name was Epaphras. You see that in verse 7. He'd come from Ephesus to Colossae to tell them about the gospel on his left. And then he's gone on and he, he's told Paul in Rome about the Colossians and what's going on for them. And that's where we come to. We, we come to Paul in Rome talking all the way to the guys in Colossians. And just seeing so an even bigger picture of what's going on, the message that they're talking about is a man called Jesus who had lived all the way back down here in Jerusalem. And this was like 2,000 years ago when this, this letter was written. And so back then they didn't know about Australia or China. This was the, the world that they knew. And it covered the span of it. Paul wanted the Colossians to see that they were in touch with a worldwide movement. And if that was the case for them, it's even more so the case for us now. Have a look at where the gospel has gone since. Next slide. Oh, actually, go back a slide. Because I want to show you from the Bible that not only was it the Colossians and, and Jerusalem and Ephesus that were here in the gospel, but everyone. Have a look at verse, seven, verse 6 with me. Look down your Bibles. The gospel that has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing in fruit and growing throughout the whole world. Paul's claiming that the gospel is going everywhere. And everywhere it is going is being received and believed. The Colossians are in touch with a worldwide movement. Just a sec. Sorry, guys. And so he's made that claim all the way back then. I want to show you a slide. This is, this is where the gospel has gone since. These are all the Christians throughout the world who have heard and received the gospel. Wherever the gospel has gone, it has been heard and received. It's across cultures. It's across languages. It's in almost every corner of the world. And those places that's not, you can see those like really white, dark places, well, white, light places. In those places, it's actually illegal to be a Christian. And if you're a Christian, you get persecuted. But even in those places, the gospel is growing. But it probably doesn't feel like you're in touch with a worldwide movement, right? I went to a public school. I went to Terrigal High School. And at my school, there weren't many people who believed in Jesus. There weren't many Christians. 
And when I talk to my, to my friends about my beliefs, when I talk to teachers about what I believed, they just dismiss it. Some of my friends would make fun of it. So one day in my English class, I rocked up, and everyone was sitting down, and I sat down with everyone else. Um, and then my English teacher um, hopped up at the time, um, and to start the lesson, he started writing on the whiteboard why he was convinced that Christianity wasn't true, why Jesus was made up. And he was pointing this all at me. And so I had to sit through this lesson of, of a teacher who was telling me that I wasn't in touch with, with anything real. Um, I tried to push back at him. I tried to go, um, I said that no historian in the world would doubt the existence of, of Jesus. Um, but he just dismissed it and moved on. And I know for, for lots of you guys, you've actually been in similar situations where people have, have judged you and pushed you aside because of what you believed in. Um, it, it might not be your teachers, but your friends see Christianity as, as something that's dead or dying, as old and outdated. But know that this is true. Know that if you're a Christian, you're in touch with a worldwide movement. But the second thing this, this passage shows us is it's more than just a worldwide movement. Have a, have a look at um, verse 1. You're going you're gonna to see that we're in touch with a divine movement. Have a look at verse 1 again. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Paul is an apostle by the will of God, because of God's will. And the Colossians are seen as God's holy people. You see more of that in verse 3. Have a look at down there as well. This, this, this party thanks God for what he's worked in the Colossians. And he says in verse 3, We always thank God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all God's people. Paul is thanking God for the Colossians' faith and love. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying that God has given them faith. God has made them Christians. Paul is claiming right there that Christianity is a movement led by God, which is a big claim to make, right? There are lots of religions out there. And Paul is saying that Christian, Christianity is uniquely from God. All the other religions are man-made, but God is behind Christianity. That is quite the claim to make. And so you've got to ask yourself, what would you expect a movement that's led by God to look like? I think you'd expect it to be believed everywhere. You wouldn't expect it to only appeal to certain cultures or certain languages. Um, if the God of everything, if the God of the universe is behind it, you'd expect people from everywhere to believe it. Sure, you may not expect everyone to believe it, because there's some obvious things out there that people don't believe People still think that the world is flat, even though it's clearly not. People ignore obvious truths. But you'd expect people from everywhere to believe it. It shouldn't matter the culture or the language or the nation. Everyone should be able to receive and believe it. I'm going to show you where the people that believe the different religions um, live in the world. And I want you to look at these maps and you think to yourself, which one is most likely led by the God of the universe? Here's, here's a map of, of all the people who believe in Buddhism. You can see that they're almost completely um, restricted to, to Asia. 
Here's, here's, a, here's a photo of, of, of um, is it, yeah, Hinduism. Almost completely restricted to India. Here's, a, here's another map of um, Islam. They live in the Middle East and the north of Africa. And then here's the map of Christianity. Which one do you think has God behind it? It's clearer. Not all the religions are the same. So many people say that all the religions are the same. Christianity is unique. It's the only one that is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. Christianity is clearly a movement of God, which means for us guys, life isn't flat. If you're a Christian, you're part of a movement of God, a divine movement. Life can seem boring, just doing the same thing, but look and see that you're part of something huge. There's something more going on in life, something more than the day-to-day routine of school and weekends, terms and holidays. There is a movement going on that is spreading throughout the world that is from God that you are a part of. You are in touch with a worldwide divine movement of God. And so be confident and own it. If you're a Christian, you're part of a worldwide divine movement of God. And so when a friend asks you, are you a Christian? Own it. Actually, don't even wait for your friend to ask you whether you're a Christian. Own it. Tell them. People often talk about this idea of of wanting to make an impact in the world for good. I reckon that's an epic, noble thing to want to do. I think we should all want to make an impact in the world for good. Well, if you're a Christian, you have a real chance to make a proper impact for good in the world. The message you have, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, is meant for the whole world. Not just Australia. Remember what Epaphras did when he heard the message, when he became a Christian in Ephesus. He traveled 200 kilometers to Corsay. Back then, they didn't have planes or boats or cars. Or, actually, they had boats, but you wouldn't boat to Colossians because it's in the middle of the land. He had to walk. He had to ride on a donkey. He had to, he had to travel hard 200 kilometers to share the message. There are still places in the world that the gospel hasn't reached. There's still places in the world that need the message. Have you thought about going overseas to do mission work? Have you thought about being a missionary? Because we need people to go. Think about whether that could be you. But there are also people unreached with the gospel here. It may be that you're the only Christian in your school. Don't let that put you off. Let that pump you up. The message you have is from God, and God will use it to save people. When I started school, in primary school, I only had two friends that would call themselves Christians. But throughout school, God saved five of my best friends. None of them had Christian parents, but all of them are now here on fat. God works through his message to save people. He really does. Are you sharing it? 
the last thing to see is, last thing this passage shows us is, you're in touch with a life-changing movement. That's what we see in the Colossians, that their lives are changed. Have a look at verse 4 again. We thank God, verse 4, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. Paul thanks God for their faith. He thanks, the, thanks God for what makes them part of the movement. But, notice there, he also thanks God for their love. He thanks God for what shows they're in this movement. And that's not just the Colossians. Have a look at verse 6 again. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. Wherever the gospel goes and is understood, it bears fruit, and that fruit is love. It's one of the universal signs that you're really in this movement, that you have love. You can see why that's the case. Have a look at verse 7. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. So that last verse, verse 8, that's the key. Read, read it again with me. Who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Now this is a big thing to get. One of, way, one of the ways that this is a movement of God, that he's the one that's behind it, is he's the one that makes you believe. But he's also the one behind those who believe changing. See, God doesn't just provide the grace. He doesn't just provide the gospel. He doesn't just work in people to share the gospel. He doesn't just work in people to receive the gospel. He also works in people to be changed by the gospel. And he does this through giving people his spirit. One of the big things Colossians is going to show us is the work of the Trinity. God in three different persons that all make one. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And you see them all the way throughout that passage. Have a look at verse 3 again. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Paul thanks the Father, the Father of the Son, Jesus. Why? Because of, have a look at verse 4. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, the Son. They trust in the Son. They put their faith in Jesus. And Go on, and the love you have for all God's people. The love that comes from God's Spirit, the final person of the Trinity, the final player in the divine movement of God. Which means, if you're part of this worldwide divine movement, you're part of the work of the Trinity. You've been called by the Father to trust in the Son and to be changed by the Spirit. Which means that if you're really part of this movement, you'll be changed. Lots of people claim to be part of this movement. Lots of people claim to be Christians. But there's no change in their lives at all. How can they be part of the divine work of God if they aren't changed by His Spirit? Could you be someone who is fooling yourself into thinking that you're part of the movement of God when you're really not. Have a think with me through, through your last years. 
for some of you, you've become being Christians for ages. Think through your life since you've become a, become a Christian. Have you changed? Have you grown in love? Here's some things to consider. Are you praying for other people? Are you praying for people more than you were last year? Maybe the first question to ask you guys is, are you praying for other people at all? Someone who has God's spirit in them will be praying for others more. Second question I want to ask is, are you kinder to that person you would have ignored? There are always people that are less enjoyable to hang out with. But do you still seek to be friendly to them? Because someone who has God's spirit working in them will be changed to love those people more. Now I want to make clear that those, those things don't make you Christian. Putting, putting your faith in Jesus makes you a Christian. But those things shows, show whether you are trusting in Jesus. So maybe as you think through those things, maybe as you think through whether I've been someone who's been, been changed by the Spirit, maybe you're unsure. And I say it's such an important thing to make sure. Ask someone if you're unsure. Ask someone close to you whether they've seen any change in your life, life and work it out. So many people fool themselves into thinking they're part of this movement and they're not and they miss out. Don't let that be you. And if you're someone who finds that there has been no change, that you haven't been changed um, at all, this is a week where God, the creator of the universe, is calling you into something bigger. Bigger than the same repetitive, directionless life apart from him. He's calling you into something worldwide, divine, and life-changing. He's calling you into his movement in the world. So if you want your life to count, if you want your life to mean something, this is the week to join the movement. And so listen up this week um, as, we, as we look into more of what it is to be a movement and look to get involved. Join in. That's actually my prayer for you, that you'd see what you're missing out on, you, that you'd see what is on offer and you'd come to Jesus and find it. But I want to say lots of you here can, can point to things in your life that have changed, um, the way that God's Spirit has worked in you. Do you know what that means? I want to finish with three things. What that means, if, you, if you're someone who can see change in your life, the first one, it means that you're part of the worldwide, divine, life-changing movement of God. It means you're part of bigger stuff going on in this world. Even when things seem boring and the same for you, know that you're part of something huge. Know that your life matters, that you're in touch with the divine worldwide, life-changing movement of God. Second, it means you can expect to be changed this week. You've got God's Spirit living in you. As we look at what you're called to, as we look at um, what we're, who we're called to, be prepared to be changed. You've got God's Spirit in you. And third, finish on this, be praying for change. God is the one who has done everything. He saved you and he is growing you. 
And so be praying that this week he would change you radically. That you'd understand better what you're in touch with, what you've got, and that your life would be changed by that. I'm going to, be, I'm going to pray right now that that would be the case for all of us. Why don't you bow your heads and pray? Dear Lord, we're so thankful that you've called us into something huge. That you've called us into your worldwide, divine, life-changing movement. Lord, we thank you that by your Spirit, you've called us into that, that you've given us your grace, that you've um, helped us to receive it and put our trust in it. And so, Lord, I pray that this week you'd be changing us as well, that through your Spirit you'd be working in us and helping us to appreciate what we're part of and live in line with that. Amen.